0: I'm an independent podcaster, and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
2: I remember that Jurassic Park was one of the the VHSs that my parents had in a secret box that was under their bed, and the secret box was not that secret. It was like a big old Rubbermaid that was kind of flat, but it had all the adult um VHSs in it, which is not in the traditional use of adult with films, but um it had movies like uh Robin Hood in tights and other things in there that were just not for children because um, I was born in 1990. So um at the time, we weren't big enough to get to watch Jurassic Park. But I remember the first time I actually saw it was a good bit later and after it had already had its really big heyday. And my mom and my dad loved it. And I think some of my younger brothers had even watched it before me. And the first time I watched it, I like screamed my head off because it's so amazing and it seems so real, which is just epic for the time period it was made in. Um, well, yeah, it was, uh, cool and scary at the same time, which is, I think kind of what you talked about, um, in your first episode is, uh, seeing things that are beautiful and, uh, seem almost out of their time, um, that frighten us and kind of reach back to our early brain, but also, our present, you know, developed side sees the beauty and the majesty in these uh animals that have long gone from our world. So, um I love your podcast. I love all your work. I know you from my favorite murder, which is my obsession. And also I know that you've been helping Allie with her new podcast ologies and I think they're all wonderful and so are you. Um, So have a lovely night. I'm also um, an artist and a teacher. So I hope you have a great night again. Bye, Stephen.
3: (laughs) Welcome see Jurassic Right mini-sode edition number eight. Uh, I forget if I say the number at the top of these because we're only at eight, but we've been going since since May, so we're, we're getting up there. Um, I don't know why I held to pause. There's nobody in this room. I am in Snoke's fetish chamber right now um, recording at the Nerdist School, so uh, thanks for joining me on another mini-sode um, that opening voicemail from Sydney was so wonderful, um, and if you listen to the most recent main episode that dropped last week, um, you know there there are plenty of uh, saucy ways to uh, Jurassic Park is s- saucy in some in more ways than I thought. So um, that was a really lovely voicemail, Sydney. Um, you're just like Jurassic Park, and what? Okay, I'm just gonna put this back and wait till I'm a little older. Um, no, thank you so much for that voicemail. Uh, that was great. Um, I just wanted to quickly thank the Patreons, the Patreons, the patrons up top. Um, again, see Jurassic Right uh, uh, patreoncom slash see Jurassic um, You have a bonus monthly Q and A, which is probably up by now. That I do, where I take questions and answer them. They can be about anything from see Jurassic Right to podcasting, my favorite murder, the Percast, whatever. Um, dinosaurs, of course. Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern. Um, so, I'd like to thank new patrons Michelle, Danielle, uh, Steve, Maddie, and Sabine. Thank you so much for your support and helping to keep uh, the lights on and the fences operational, um, the power on. And uh, yeah, we you know this month um, one of the other bonus Patreon uh, minisodes that I do the little like sort of Jurassic theories thing is about um the eggs the identity of the dinosaur inside the eggs that grant found in the original jurassic park so check that out um it's for the five dollar level um patrons again um thank you to all of you for your support so far just want to say that off top kicking off 2018 with a bang um i'm super excited so let's dive in we got a lot of great emails to read we have a lot of news um and a lot of interesting stuff. So I'm going to say up top that um, that the new Fallen Kingdom trailer has dropped during the Super Bowl. Whether it's a combo of like two 30 second spots or a full length teaser, um, I know Draft Scout Post um, was sort of musing on what 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 form it could possibly take, just due to the constraints of the Super Bowl being very expensive to advertise. Um, Chris Pat is already in those. Uh, Michelob Ultra commercials I think um, anyway so uh, it's dropping uh, it'll be out by the time you hear this episode so I'm going to insert some additional commentary right now my thoughts on it let's do it Ooh, hot damn that was great um I just rewatched it as uh, before I could uh, chime in here. But um, yeah, that was the so what ended up happening was we just got one full length trailer uh, or about a minute and a half that um, premiered right as the Super Bowl started, which was nice for people who weren't necessarily interested in football. But um, yeah, I mean, just a few things in the trailer. Um, What I really noticed and really liked about it was this kind of emphasis on dinosaurs versus monsters the the whole like dialogue about you remember the first time you saw a dinosaur and everything like that is just to me that's the awe and the wonder that i feel like we all want to see more of you know the idea that like dinosaurs are these magnificent creatures and then you have it contrasted with the new hybrid predator the quote-unquote indoraptor as it's been kind of called colloquially around the internet. I don't, I still don't know hundred percent for sure if it's the official title, but it almost seems like it is at this point, or at least that's what everyone's calling it, including Frank Marshall in a deleted tweet from a few months ago. So um, that was really awesome. This trailer seems to be like, uh, not quite or like a rebuttal of the first trailer, but literally Rafe Spall is saying like, you know, the Island and, that like all of that's in the past you know the park so it, this trailer is really making it clear and it's articulating that at least only part of jurassic world fallen kingdom will take place on island nublar and that it really is the franchise really is moving forward so i really like that about this trailer it's very ooky creepy and spooky um
2: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
3: Yeah, you know, you, you're thinking of the song in your head right now, uh, the Halloween song. But um, yeah, I loved it. I loved the I loved Claire with a gun. I loved Rexy roaring at the helicopter. I loved the Baryonyx, which I think is the Baryonyx, being taken away by helicopter. Uh, I love Claire driving the truck with Rexy in it. And, uh, you know, Chris Pratt, for some reason, along for a ride in the back. He seems to like kind of he likes to ride with the dinosaurs. He likes to be in the smelly cage with them. And I like we got a better look at Daniela Panini's character, uh, Zia. We got some more Justice Smith. We got looks at Rafe Spall and Toby Jones and uh, Ted Levine. You know, we just got a much greater look at sort of the whole cast. Interesting that they're keeping Henry Wu and Benjamin Lockwood kind of behind closed doors. We've only gotten glimpses of, glimpses of them in, um, in that behind-the-scenes trailer. So it's interesting that those two characters are kind of kept secret. Uh, not kept secret, but just not really used. Um, I was surprised that we didn't get more Ian Malcolm in this trailer. But um, again, I—if anybody's going to throw money down, I'm gonna—I'm starting to really believe that we're probably only going to get him in that one scene in the courtroom. But who knows? I could be wrong. It'd be great if he had one—he had a scene like that, and then maybe comes back at the end of the movie to wrap it up or something like that. I think that would be cool. Uh, but I don't know. Um, what else did I like about the trailer? Uh, I mean, that's you know, second trailers are always, you know, I I think the first trailer is always like the most, you know, exciting thing to be, to witness, you know, to be part of. And second trailer really is kind of, I think second trailers always do kind of a better job at selling what the movie's actually about. Whereas the first trailer is just supposed to get you hyped, but it seems like everybody from the community really likes this trailer even more. Um, And I, and I agree almost because I think, Sometimes first trailers don't really set up what the movie's about because you can only show so much footage because the movie's currently in post-production and everything. So I think I also like this trailer better um, just merely because I think it's kind of selling you more on what this movie's actually going to be about. And I think maybe more what the tone is going to be. And this trailer really is being like kind of almost (laughs) meta in a way being like the first trailer really is just the setup for the film. And then this trailer almost sets up that intrigue that we got in the synopsis about the conspiracy um, and where these dinosaurs are being taken to, if they're being saved, uh, like, where are they going? So I thought that was really dope, and I really liked the trailer. And we also got that Jeep trailer that was directed by Colin Trevorrow, uh, the director of the first Jurassic World, and um, he directed that trailer. uh, I'll put a link to it where Jeff Goldblum is driving a Jeep, um it starts out with the scene from Jurassic World the the Jeep Wrangler from Jurassic Park I mean and uh then it kind of shifts in time to like Jeff Goldblum not Jeff Goldblum or I should say Ian Malcolm not Ian Malcolm in his look in the Fallen Kingdom but just Jeff Goldblum the man Jeff Goldblum now and then uh I won't spoil it for you but just watch it I mean if, you've probably already watched it but it's just really it's really adorable and charming and uh yeah, it's really cool. It was a cool commercial. Um, um still I guess I guess I gotta get my hands on a Jeep now. Um and then the other thing I wanted to talk about in this little in this little brief little uh uh collection of thoughts, this little uh, Raptor Reactions in the middle of Minnesota 8 is I actually really wanted to talk about the Dinosaur Protection Group viral website because it totally went online uh, in the uh, today, actually, as I'm recording this, or yesterday evening, or at some point. Um, and it's the viral re- viral website that Claire Deering is the founder of the Dinosaur Protection Group. It's like very much looks like in the vein of nonprofit websites, like you know, save the animals kind of thing. And they've got a cute little Stegosaurus logo that has a gif that's really adorable. And basically, this website is like, we need to save the dinos, like our cause, like the Dinosaur Protection Group, the DPG. That's a great acronym. I don't know if Dinosaur Protection Group itself sounds that cool, but the DPG, like I'm part of the DPG, sounds really cool. I'd sign up. Is dedicated to establishing and protecting the rights of all living dinosaurs. The DPG was founded and operates under the principle that dinosaurs are not ours to experiment upon or exploit for entertainment or financial gain, that we brought them back to Back into existence, we do not thereby claim the right to assume control of them. We are focusing upon securing their health, providing a sustainable environment, and limiting human intrusion into their lives. The DPG works through public education, research, rescue, leg- rescue legislation, special events, and when needed, direct a- action. All operations are 100% fu- funded by the financial support of like-minded individuals. No amount of donation will buy any amount of influence. Interesting. Um, You know, and there's these kind of like really um, charming, like, uh, you know, slogans and posters and things like that. Spread the word. We created them. Can we abandon them? And it's showing like a sad little triceratops, kind of like, you know, like save the polar bear sort of style. Um, Every hour brings them closer to danger. Um, Dinosaurs are mortal. Cruelty is timeless, which is like. Again, very I love because I loved the original Jurassic World website that was designed to mimic a real theme parks website. And I feel like this website really kind of locks into what's so what's so interesting about um nonprofits. And so it's funny because everyone was trying to guess like what dinosaurs are in the movie, all that kind of stuff. Um and a couple things I noticed about this, there's a graphic that the one that says Dinosaurs are mortal, cruelty is timeless and it shows which dinosaurs are still alive, uh, and which are still extinct. And it says the Mementisaurus from the lost world is extinct. Um, and Spinosaurus, whoops, uh, Ceratosaurus, Edmontosaurus, um, and a few others and stuff. And there's a couple dinosaurs on this list that say they're alive. Um, Allosaurus, which I'm pretty sure we saw in the trailer for, or I think it was confirmed actually. I think, Colin or Jay Biona confirmed that it was an allosaurus in the trail in the first trailer. Um, metricanthosaurus is still alive. Uh, dilophosaurus is still alive. So, um, I'll put a link to this dinosaur protection group if you already haven't checked it out. But, um, it's interesting to think what is alive on this list and also in the movie, because as we know, there's throughout all the Jurassic park movies, there's always been a list of dinosaurs but we don't necessarily see all the dinosaurs on that list, whether the list is the embryos that Nedru is getting or the list on the Jurassic World website or anything like that. So, you know, take that with a grain of viral marketing, but um yeah, it's still cool nonetheless. And then so if you like go to our cause. I don't know, we already went to your cause. Well, um, like operation strategy, like funding allows us to actively engage with Congress and influence political figures, provide education on the most endangered animals on earth, organize peaceful marches to create awareness for our cause. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. So then you meet the team. So not only do we have a little bio on Claire, But then we have a little bio on Zia Rodriguez as played by Daniela Pineda and Franklin Webb as played by Justice Smith. You get a little of their backstories, such like, um, Franklin, uh, was worked at Jurassic Park as an IT person. So during the events of Jurassic World, whether he was there in, on Isla Nublar or somewhere else, you know, offsite IT, like in San Jose or something, um, as a reference to the Jurassic Park book, um, And then Zia was actually um, pre veterinary medicine at Berkeley. um, And she actually got an internship at Jurassic World, but then it was put on hold because of the incident when Jurassic World closed. Um, And then if you go to reports, you'll see um, basically a history of Jurassic Park, kind of, but from this perspective of like, you know, when dinosaurs are resurrected and the Gene Guard Act, which says article coming soon. And then it talks about the passing of John Hammond and the acquisition of InGen by Masrani. Uh, Talks about the other islands, including Isla Sorna. As you know, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom takes place four years after the events of Jurassic World. And so they're saying that Masrani Global has decided to just let the dinosaurs die off and fend for themselves. Um, But uh, the website says, dozens of cases of illegal activity around Nublar as well as rumors of rogue groups claiming to have access to the cloning technology. It would appear that these animals are still not safe from the intrusions of humans. Um, And so, basically, uh, the the DPG wants to do something about it. And so, uh, I'm just watching this little stego load. It's like, bouncy, bouncy. Um, So, as we wait for that to load. So, then the other thing that's happening. And so, if you remember on the original Jurassic World website, it was like there were park cams. So, you could see as if you were like looking at this park live. And so now they have a volcano watch for Mount Sibbo, which is basically it was an extinct volcano or a dormant volcano that started to reactivate in uh, 2017. So it's interesting. This is this is the interesting part, because, again, we always thought, well, when is this volcano going to explode? Why did all of a sudden did it explode now? And we know that all the time and throughout history. I mean, even recently, there was a volcano that went from dormant to un-dormant, <laughs> to active, uh, a couple years ago somewhere. Um, I wish I had the article in front of me, but um, so. But it's interesting to see how it'll play out in the film. How if it's this thing that you know is gonna blow, or if there is some artificial action going on. There is a po- uh, there is a poster that says in September of twenty eighteen, there is going to be a march on Capitol Hill. Um, show the US government Island Nublar must be evacuated to protect defenseless creatures hashtag we can save them and it's Dino defend Island Nublar organization um, and then there's also a blog where Claire talks about setting up her new offices in San Francisco so that's interesting I wonder if we're going to see San Francisco in the movie I wonder or if we're just going to cut straight to like wherever that bar is where um, where Owen's been hanging out Um And yeah, so that's the Dinosaur Protection Group website, which I think is super dope. And Colin Trevorrow on Twitter uh, says, True story, the DPG site is written by a team of JP fans who are now creative partners. When I have a question about canon, they set me straight. The new trilogy is built for a new generation, but not at the expense of fandom. Without them, we're nothing. So I think that's really interesting. Um, Obviously, I would love to be part of that team. So, uh, you know, Colin, if you're listening. Um, But yeah, I'm interested to see how... Because that was so what was what was intriguing about the Masrani Global site and stuff was that they, you know, it, it, a lot of this stuff, I, I mean, this this website to me seems really cool because it's adding a lot of interesting backstory, which I'm curious to see how it plays out in the movie. Whereas the Masrani Global website, not a lot of that stuff necessarily seemed to have any impact on the narrative. Uh like to me, the coolest thing on the Masrani Global site was actually that. Uh, I think it was two tidbits that Hammond died shortly after the events of the lost world. And that in that um, Hoskins, Vic Hoskins was part of a crew that actually, I don't know, killed or retrieved the pteranodons that escaped at the end of Jurassic Park three. But other than that, there wasn't too much, you know, uh, too much kind of intriguing tidbits or, or, you know, important bits of backstory. I think that this DPG site is, I think, kind of an ex uh, the next level version of that, of kind of just kind of setting you up and preparing you for the beginning of, of Fallen kingdom, but it remains to be seen how it, how, if any of it really affects the narrative or if it's more just character backstory. So I think that's really cool. So, uh, I loved the, the fallen kingdom two trailer. Um, I'm Jones. We're about six months away. Um, let me know if you guys are going to watch any more spoiler stuff for this, or if, you, or if you're kind of like two main trailers and then done, because after this, we might get one more trailer. We'll definitely get dozens of TV spots, and then pretty soon stuff will start to leak out plot points. People have seen the movie. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But let me know if you're going to stay on board the spoiler train and keep on seeing everything, or if this is when you're going to cut yourself off um, again moving forward in minisodes i'll be cognizant of people who want to hear stuff and don't and you know i'll give you guys warnings um but yeah let's get back to the minisode so the next bit of big jurassic park jurassic world news is the funko pops and um if you've been following me on Twitter and Instagram and in our Facebook group, uh, the C. Jurassic Right podcast Facebook group, uh, you know that uh, some bullshit's going on because, you know, and, and I'll just read what. So the so they announced the Jurassic Park 25th anniversary Funko Pops, which include uh, uh, Ian Malcolm, uh, Alan Grant, Dennis Nedry, John Hammond, as well as a T. Rex, a Dilophosaurus and a uh, raptor. Now what's a little suspicious about all this is that where the fuck is Dr. Ellie Sattler? Where's Laura Dern? Um, uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's just emblematic of of uh, sexism in toys. You know, we've dealt with this before. Um, if you listen to the toy episode, you know, we talked about, uh, how Lex never got an action figure, and how uh, they Hasbro messed up the gender of the dinosaurs in the marketing for Jurassic World for the toys. So it's really nothing new. Uh, it's it's not surprising. It's just incredibly disappointing, especially because uh, Dr. Ellie Sattler is uh, the second main character of Jurassic Park. Like, and maybe people can debate this, but for my hierarchy, it's obviously Alan Grant then Dr. Ellie Sattler, then Malcolm, you know, he's the, he's like the Jack Sparrow of the Jurassic franchise. Um, well, maybe not, I don't know. It's hard to tell, but I mean, regardless, the, that's the trio and the idea that, so, um, it's not officially announced by Funko, but uh Jurassic outpost had gotten a photo of, of where Dr. Ellie Sattler is, which she would be included, uh, with the Jeep Wrangler, um, and it's just even more infuriating when she's just listed as park vehicle. Like the one. Uh, it's yeah, it's I mean, again, we don't have to to belabor it at this point, but I've been retweeting a thing about it just every every so often. Um, I know uh, Nick, uh, your boy Jurassic uh, started the hashtag Ellie or bust. And yeah, it's just kind of bullshit. Um you know, there was all those issues with Rey for when when the Force Awakens came out and the lack of her toys, and you know how Black Widow and um, Scarlet Witch were like missing from key like Avengers stuff, and yeah, it's just even if the movies are getting more progressive, the people who are making the toys aren't necessarily, and so I think it's really, uh, you know, it's up to, it's a, it's up to us to to encourage them and to basically be like, hey, like. Fucking make a badass Dr. Ellie Sattler Funko Pop, or you know whatever, um, and just the idea that they already have like I mean, you know, they have the sexy uh, Ian Malcolm for the Target exclusive, and then they have a an exclusive Nedry with the Dilophosaurus. It's like the idea that they already have these um, these variants and stuff is is just goes to show you that. So, and you know, I think you know, Funko has said they're going to announce her soon but i just even if it is a licensing issue the fact that they left her off the table as an afterthought like this or that they scrambled together to put this just shows you again it's just it's just disappointing to see uh to see it shake out like this because you know it's supposed to be exciting the 25th anniversary you know first time we're getting Jurassic park funko pops and it kind of has to like like arrive like this you know and and you know, I, I'm not a big Funko Pop person. Like I think per, I personally think the dinosaurs are really creepy and I probably won't get any of them. But um, you know, I'll probably grab a Malcolm. I'll probably grab Alan Grant at least. I mean, really, uh, the only one I really want is Dr. Ellie Sattler. And but I kind of don't feel like not that I not I kind of. I I'm just gonna say I'm not gonna get the Funko Pops unless they have a Dr. Ellie Sattler. I'm just gonna say it here. I'm gonna I'm going to, you know, Ellie or bust, like we just, I mean, who knows what my little stance will take, but, uh, yeah, it's just bullshit. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to give Funko my money if they're not going to get me a Dr. Ellie Sattler. So, um, you know, do what you need to do, but, um, Ellie or bust hashtag Ellie or bust. So that's all I'll say about that for now. And who knows, maybe we'll get some more news by the time this comes out, but I doubt it. So hopefully they will do something about it. So. Um, And in some other toy news, um, there is a new board game called Jurassic Park Danger, and it's, um, it's a two to five player survival game. And let's see, the first visitors have arrived at Jurassic Park to see its miraculous dinosaurs firsthand, but chaos has hit the island. The power is out and the prehistoric creatures are on the hunt. In Jurassic Park Danger, adventure strategy game, one player controls the T-Rex, Dilophosaurus, and Velociraptor prowling through the jungle to attack the humans. The other player's team of best characters from the classic movie struggling to get Jurassic Park back online and escape the island before they uh, fall prey to the old-time predators. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, I just played the X-Files board game for the first time with a uh, uh, past guest, Heather Mason, and that was a lot of fun. So this kind of looks like in a kind of similar vein of like the board and it kind of looks like settlers of Catan, the, 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 little tiles and stuff. So I don't know. It could be cool. Um, and then we also have our first official look at some of the Lego sets. Um, the, there's a one called, um, blues helicopter pursuit. And then there's a junior, uh, T-Rex breakout. And then there's a Diplo set. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I'll include the link to the Jurassic Outpost post. I never got any of the Jurassic Park or the Jurassic World Legos um, just because they're kind of expensive. But I am playing the, well, I was playing the Jurassic World uh, Lego game. So I have to start playing that again, by the way, because I still have two campaigns left. Um, but yeah, check it out. I mean, again, Jurassic Outpost has the deets. Um, and then also there was uh, the Jurassic Park podcast. Um, uh, Thomas, uh Fish and Den, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, went to the Toy Fair in London. And so there we got a look at some more Jurassic Park related goodies, um, like these kind of digging kits, like when you were a kid and you like, you know, did your little paleontology thing, which is awesome. Um, some puzzles, um, you know, and some other like just dinosaur figures in general. So I'd go check out that article. I'll put a link to it um, so you can check it out. Um, and then the other big news is the Jurassic world live show, which I'm so curious to what that could be. Um, they're promising animatronics and, and, you know, I'm just thinking like, is this going to be on ice, like dinosaurs on ice, you know, sh- you know, let it go. Um, I'm very curious to know what that is and it's going to be touring cities. Is it going to be kind of like a um, Knights of the Round uh, Medieval medieval Times? Is it going to be like a Medieval Times situation where you know, you have to like bet on the Indominus or the Rex or you know, Blue to like take the crown and I don't know. I'm just imagining this like old Medieval world with dinosaurs but um Yeah, I'm not really sure what that entails. There's very scant details, but it is coming this year apparently. So I'll include a link again um, to that so you can read more about it. But yeah, I mean, I think as we are getting closer and closer to Fallen Kingdom, there's going to be a lot more news coming out. And let me know what you guys want from this part, you know, because the minisodes were originally, you know, mostly about featuring voicemails and phone calls and stuff. And but I think it's just been fun to talk about the news and to talk about the important news because, you know, there's a lot of other great resources out there for following along. And I think the Facebook group has been a great place for that to keep up with things and articles and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you are more interested in hearing me talk more in depth, um, let me know. Um, cause yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff, but then there's some stuff where I'm just not that interested in per se. So, um, but let me know. Um, And then next on the docket for today is I just wanted to talk briefly about the recording process. Um, I know some people talked about wanting to hear more about how the podcast gets made and stuff. And with this idea of the main episodes being broken up into particular themes or ideas or, you know, it's just, hey, let's talk about Jurassic Park 3 or something. um, There really is a lot more recording going on before each episode. And sometimes recording... Uh, for stuff you know out of order in advance obviously I mentioned I recorded with Lauren Lapkus um, Jurassic World star Lauren Lapkus uh, last month and so um, some of her interview came out in this most recent episode but um, I'm really excited for when our kind of full Jurassic World related interview will be coming out soon um, and I had such a great time talking to Maria Wojcikowski and Sick Triceratops um, and Jurassic World, Jurassic World Girl Jurassic Becky um, the members of uh, the Hollywood Jane Review, Jurassic Peak, which I'm going to be going to next week uh, when this episode drops, so you'll probably hear my uh, my experience about it um, in the next month's minisode, um, but I'm super excited. Uh, Blanche um, Dubois and Veronica Voss and Giorgio O'Keefe, I'm excited to see them and the rest of the members of the Hollywood Jane Review uh, talk about uh, uh, or you know do their show. I'm super excited to see it, and um, I also recorded uh, with Caitlin Hempstead from Lizard People for Fan Fiction Friday. So I'm excited for her episode to come out. She's the second to last guest. So I'm looking for my last guest right now, which I have an idea for, um, which I'm excited about. So, yeah, well, obviously I record all the solo stuff in here in, the, in Snoke's Dungeon. Uh, but um, a lot of the other ones, I'm just doing my phone calls and things like that. And. Um, And then, you know, it's a lot of it's just taking good notes so that um, that like when I like the little anecdote at the end, uh, at the beginning of uh, uh, this month's episode where um, or last, you know, the episode uh, nine uh, with Megan Baker, uh, you know, I always kind of go through every interview I've done already to see if there's relevant material for um, whatever current episode I'm working on. And That one was super rad to hear that because I was like, oh, this perfectly, perfectly encapsulates uh, what I think a big sort of jumping off point for that episode came. So sometimes it's like I have an idea in my head of what it's going to be. And then other times, sometimes I'm just listening through old interviews and sort of just trying to gather an idea, trying to gather of like what this could be. And last month's episode was definitely the most nebulous going into it of what it could be um, but I'm super happy with how it came out. And let me know if you think about it. but I it was definitely one of the most fun and surprising episodes to put together. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about next month's episode, which is going to be on Jurassic Park, The Ride. And so a lot of those interviews I've just been already basically done, so which kind of works out because February is a short month anyway. So I'm gonna be conducting a few interviews um, in February, but, Some of it's going to be for for future episodes, um, and one of them might be for the Jurassic Park Ride episode. But I have a lot of that material already, so I'm excited uh, for that. And then the last thing I wanted to say before we get to some emails is, so there was the Jurassic uh, Park Anniversary Contest, which Universal threw, and you could have done two things. It ended on January 22nd. Um, There was either the Relive the Memories or... Or, um, there was the sort of sweeted, um, be kind, rewind, you know, recreate scenes from the movie from Jurassic park. And so I obviously chose to do the reliving the memories just, I mean, I just didn't have the time to, to recreate a scene or anything like that. I just wasn't, yeah, I just didn't have time for it basically, but I wanted to relive the memories because that's also a theme of this pod, you know, a big theme of the podcast and what we do here. So, um, yeah. So I did that and I'm curious to know when they announced the winners. Let me know if you participated in it. Uh, so maybe at the end we can all share, um, whether we win or not, you know, who knows? I mean, it was just fun to do. And, um, I dressed up in a dinosaur Kigurumi for it, but, uh, let me know if you participated and maybe once the winners are announced and, and we can all share whether or not we won or not or whatever. I, I am excited to see what people did for it. Um, After the contest is over, so you don't disqualify yourself or whatever. So, um, but yeah, let's get to some emails. This email is from Bernice. She says, Hi, Steven. Thanks so much for your fun podcast. As much as being a murderino has helped me find my people, hearing how others have been deeply affected by JP makes me feel a little less alone in the world. So I'm hoping that I'm not the first ultra nerd to have had this experience But I'm here to admit that the movie Jurassic Park is the reason why I became a molecular geneticist. I was five when the movie came out. I remember catching the movie on TV or the VHS constantly playing at my home from the time I was little into adulthood. I loved it. My siblings loved it, and I think we all feel it was a weirdly significant part of our childhoods. While I also went through uh, Dinosaurs Are Awesome phase, the power of the movie that stuck with me was the power and potential of genetics. I loved how the Mr. DNA cartoon movie was used both as a plot point and to explain... To the audience, how the science, though fundamentally flawed, much to my displeasure, was used to take something tiny and ancient DNA and turn it into something giant and living, uh, a dinosaur. More importantly, I learned that people can accomplish absolutely astonishing things if we just take the time to learn about our world on a molecular level, whether that's learning about our own bodies, old rocks with mosquitoes trapped inside, or animals that lived millions of years ago. I now have a BS in genetics, a BS in microbiology, and a master's in molecular physiology, Currently, I work for a company called Integrated DNA Technologies. Sounds exactly like InGen, I know. While we're not cloning dinosaurs, we are using the awesome power of genetics for something much more important. The pursuit of finding, hey, bringing back dinosaurs is important. No, no, it's not that important. Um, uh, We are using the awesome power of genetics for something much more important. The pursuit of finding cures for genetic diseases and helping to improve the quality of life for people around the globe. Every day I get to be preoccupied with whether or not I could, without having to worry about if I should, and every day I drink out of a Mr. DNA mug, see the photo attached. Thanks for reading my story, Bernice. P.S. The other movie that was always playing in my home growing up? Congo. One of my favorites, too. Yeah, girl. And P.P.S. I've cc'd Allie Ward in this email in case Ologies ever takes a Midwest tour and wants a dope 29-year-old female molecular geneticist as a guest. Hell, yeah. If you haven't listened to Allie Ward's Ologies yet, get, get your butt- Get- well finish listening to this episode then get on and get out there um but uh, i definitely think Alice should have you as a guest because you are awesome bernice thank you so much for your email um that's amazing i love you know um that is another side of and that's one thing in the in the episode that was just put out that you know um i would love to explore more in a future episode is people who have become scientists because of jurassic park i think that would be another avenue to explore in a future episode so um, thank you, Bernice, for for sharing with you your wonderful story. And that's so exciting. Um, yeah, thank you so much. This next email is from Tara. She says, Hi, Stephen. Uh, no, she says, Hey, Stephen. Uh, I must admit, I'm a bit late to the game with SJR. I only discovered it this past week, but I have to say, I'm already hooked. I've binged almost all the po- episodes since Monday. Podcasts are the only thing that make my boring office job bearable. Girl, I know. that's I've been there uh being a young girl with two older brothers definitely made me a fan of what some people considered more boyish movies and tv shows and jurassic park was no exception i grew up in the middle of nowhere and my brothers and i would often take paintbrushes outside in the summer and sit on our dirt driveway that was full of protruding bedrock we would brush the dirt away from the rocks and pretend we were uncovering giant fossil dinosaurs in our front yard these are some of my fondest summer memories we would even play jurassic park in our yard and act out Uh, All our favorite scenes. We had almost every toy you could imagine from the series. We even had the big compound from Lost World. Ooh, jealous. Um, I'm 99% sure my brother still has all the toys in storage. JP definitely spawned a love of dinosaurs and reptiles in general for me as a kid. Even though we always shared, most of our JP toys were technically my brother's. But I remember the one I picked out for myself was Ornithosuchus, which was not actually in any of the films, but I just thought it was cool. I also was a big fan of those weird sandblock toys you could buy with tiny tools to to uncover the tiny fossil inside. Is it weird that I would totally buy one of these for myself? No, I mean, in fact, I just mentioned that they're making some new ones for the Fallen Kingdom line. So um, I think you're going to have your chance soon to buy some new ones. Um, I'll never forget when I got to see the original film in theaters for its anniversary release. I felt like a little kid again in the best way. And Jurassic Park will always remain one of my favorite films. The scene where they first see the dinosaurs and the orchestra music swells still gives me chills. As well as the closing scene where Dr. Grant watches a bird soaring free over the ocean. So beautiful. Thanks so much for this podcast and all the nostalgic J.P. love it brings. You've convinced me to finally check out Jurassic World so they can be caught up for when Fallen Kingdom is released. TJ. P.S. Have you ever seen the old gag they do of Jurassic Park in the old cartoon show The Critic? Pretty sure it's on YouTube and I highly recommend it. I've also attached a silly drawing. Hope you enjoy it. Uh uh, TJ or Tara, um, she drew me as uh as a dinosaur, which is really adorable. Stephen Ray Morosaurus, Stephen Ray Morosaurus. Oh my god, and he has a mustache. Um, and I have seen the critic. Uh, they call me Mister Plutington, and we're building a crude suspension bridge to Venezuela. Um, yeah, I remember watching the critic with my mom a lot growing up. I remember that Jurassic Park two. It stinks. Um, thank you so much for your email, TJ. Um, dress Park is great. That's the, the, No, um, yeah, no, I, I love the idea of, like, playing pretend paleontologist. And, yeah, I definitely – now that you've said, like, instead of coloring, like, all right, coloring's passe, adult coloring's passe. Let's do adult paleontology, like, adult-child paleontology where you're just buying those little fossil kits and then we're just – you know, de-stressing from the day. I'm a big fan of that, um, TJ. So uh, I want to do that. Let's do it. Next email is from your boy Jurassic, Nick, um, who was so sweet and he answered. um, So after every episode, I kind of, if people notice, I've been sort of asking these questions and they're not rhetorical, but they have kind of become rhetorical because I feel like they kind of just get buried when the episode comes out. But if you feel like answering them, I definitely love to hear your thoughts on those, and they it, they just sort of help me almost think about where we're gonna. They're sort of a clue of where we're going next, and kind of reframe my mind for where we're going after each episode. But, um, so Nick was kind enough to write in some responses, and he says, "How do you express your love of Jurassic Park or dinosaurs in your everyday life?" Um, Dinosaurs Jurassic Park impact nearly every aspect of my life. Shall I count the ways? Here's a short list: T-Rex stuck in my car eating a stick figure family. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom background on my phone. Daily morning alarm is "The park is closed" from Jurassic World soundtrack. Dinosaur toys, books, memorabilia scattered throughout my apartment. A sundry of dinosaur items littering my work desk. Dinosaur background on my work laptop. Obviously, his Jurassic uh, his handle is boy, at boy Jurassic. And he is a sweetheart and supports uh, SGR on Patreon and is some other dinosaur paleontology podcasts, um, which uh, I've been I've listened to a few. If you want to send me a list of them, I'd love to investigate and listen to a few more. Uh, my Twitter feed is almost exclusively tailored towards paleontology, Jurassic Park, evolution, paleo art, and he's been working on his art skills so that I can one day hopefully do semi-decent paleo art. I could go on and on. This is really only the tip of the iceberg. In the new year, I'll be launching a blog where I'll talk about all sorts of stuff from dinosaurs to JP in science. I'm really excited about that, Nick. That's super cool. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll definitely know when it's up, but we'll we'll share it and so other people can can uh, read it. Um And then he says, what do you think makes a great fan of a franchise like Jurassic Park? And he says, I'm reluctant to label any uh, fan great because it implies there are hallmarks that make fans superior to others. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. Furthermore, it can imply that there's a benchmark uh, that uh, one hits to become a great fan, which in reality, everything's a process. Couldn't agree with you 100% more. Um, And so um, he comes up with these uh, 10 commandments of fandom which i which i really like engage in discussion with other fans even if you disagree with them be open to accepting when you may be wrong don't be a goddamn dick Uh, respect your fellow fans at all times participate in the community in a positive way encourage younger fans to participate and encourage those contributing to the community it costs you nothing have fun uh don't be a fucking creep or nazis or no nazis yeah fuck nazis um, recognize that all fan contributions, podcasts, art, content, discussions come from a genuine place of love and of value, especially to the contributor. Spread joy, not hate. Uh, again, it's important to note that you don't just hit all these and then you meet the definition of a great fan. We should always seek to improve and recognize our strengths and weaknesses. We're all human and we all make mistakes, but be willing to own up to those mistakes and learn from them. All the best, Nick. I love that, Nick. I really think that's great. I think, I think that's something to just really... Because, yeah, I mean, in a big part of uh, the episode of episode nine was kind of in a very vague and sort of not vague, but just sort of sort of what was kind of the through line that I was feeling for that episode was really like, what is a fan? Where does the line between fan and creator blur and and what can we do to make this a great place to want to spend our time to really be a supportive, wonderful environment where we are all holding each other up and and really making it a place where we can go every day because, you know, uh, it's kind of a shitstorm out there. So it's just nice when we can come together and talk about the things that uh, make us happy. And so, uh, yeah, I appreciate that, Nick. I appreciate you answering those questions in your email. Um, So we're going to get to some more emails um, in a bit. But I wanted to talk about a handful of articles. And there's a lot of great articles this month. And I don't know if it's because of the Jurassic Park Facebook group now, um, where we're just sharing this stuff all the time, which is really fun. Or if there's just a lot more dinosaur stuff out there. But I wanted to say really quickly, um, my sister for Christmas got me the Charles R., R. Charles R. She got me the Charles R. Knight uh, book the Artist who Saw through time which is Charles R Knight is who is the one who I've talked about before is doing all the amazing murals at the um, field Museum in Chicago and it was these you know these beautiful murals from like the 20s um, when he was commissioned to make them and so we basically my I we it was at the field museum but I was like I've already spent so much money um, and so my sister was sweet enough to get it for me for. Um, for Christmas. And if you want to hear again, uh, my experience, I think it's mini six, I think. Yeah. Cause mini six came out after Thanksgiving. So that was when I went back to the field museum. Anyway, it's beautiful coffee table book. I still would love prints of them, but, uh, it's really cool to just, I mean, I just love art books and coffee table books. Um, I mean, I got both the last Jedi, the art book of the last Jedi and the visual dictionary, Heather Mason, got me the art book for christmas um so i love i love a good coffee table book and the charles r knight book is really great really recommend it if you're just interested in paleo art you know regardless of whether or not it's accurate now that there's it's it's a good element of like snapshot of the time and what we were thinking so um yeah so i'm excited to just kind of keep digging through that and you know just exploring it um and then on a very abrupt turn Uh, the dude who played Barney, the purple dinosaur has his own tantric sex business now. Um, and so on Tuesday, Vice reported that David Joyner, Tuesday from when this article came out, reported that David Joyner, who in the nineties played Barney, the purple dinosaur on PBS's children's show Barney and friends now operates a tantric massage business that has lowered about 30 clients whom he refers to as goddesses. And um, he charges 350 for a three to four hour session that may include a ritual bath, chakra balancing, and orgasm achieved through massage alone. And yes, he literally goes there. The energy I brought up, well, could I do it? Should I do it in the barney voice? The energy I brought up, well, in costumes based on the foundation of tantra, which is love. All right, I'm not gonna do that. That's. Terrifying. Um, everything stems, grows, and evolves from love. Even when you have emotionally blocked energy, the best way to remove it is to remove it with love and then replace it with God's divine love. Love heals and allows you to continue to grow. Uh great. Now I've just got to get that Barney theme song unstuck from my head. So in this article was from Jezebel, so I'll include a link to that if you want to read a little bit more about it. Um, You know, what's Steve up to from Blue's Clues? We don't know. They got to live their lives. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm happy for them. (laughs) Um, And so the next article, getting back back to serious dinosaur business, um, Gizmodo had an article called Here's Why Most Animals Don't Use Their Tails as Weapons. And so they have a photo of an ankylosaurus. And so it's a really interesting article because it kind of goes into how in the past a lot of herbivores – not a lot of them, but there was a selection of herbivores from dinosaurs and even to mammals um, that had clubs on their tails uh, that they would use to defend themselves from predators. But how it that, that sort of trait doesn't really exist anymore and they sort of go into why and and, and analyzing it briefly, but essentially it's because – Um, There are just better ways to defend yourself as a herbivore, as a prey now, than getting close up with somebody. And I mean, you saw in Jurassic World when that Ankylosaurus tried to attack the Indominus or defend itself against the Indominus. And so, yeah, the article basically goes – this research basically was saying that it doesn't really exist anymore because it's just not a very advantageous way of defending yourself. Um, It's not the best method. So, Um, yeah. Uh, And then the – other article i wanted to talk about um was paleontologist. uh it's what's in the guardian um paleontologists on the books and toys that inspired the lifelong love of dinosaurs and so it's a really neat article um basically and yeah it just goes into different um different scientists talking just briefly about their favorite uh yeah their favorite things that they liked as a kid so um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll include a link to it. It's just a really charming little uh, little piece that I, I uh, you should check out. All right, so my next email is from Nancy. Uh, it says, Hi, Steven. My name is Nancy, and I'm writing from northern Kentucky. I love the show so far. I'm still catching up. And, of course, I love your work on My Favorite Murder in the podcast. Thank you. So I, like many other people writing in, was a dinosaur kid at my school, quote-unquote dinosaur kid. I knew all their names, owned countless dinosaur toys, and would read Slash write about them at any chance I got. I am so happy to hear other people share the same stories. The first time I heard about Jurassic Park, I was at our local Kroger, hopefully not the murder Kroger. Oh no, she's from Southern Ohio. So I have a lot of employees that knew me like their own family. I was with my mom one day while she was buying groceries. When a checkout clerk said, Oh, you should check out this book. It's about a man breeding dinosaurs on Chino Teague Island or something. Uh, I was also a horse kid in addition to being a dinosaur kid. So I was super intrigued by this book idea. Uh, Ochinko Teague and the Island being homes to legendary herds of wild ponies. Obviously, she was incorrect, but I thought it was a funny mistake. Anyway, we saw the movie while visiting my great aunt in Arizona shortly after its release in the summer of 93. I was freshly 11 years old when the movie came out. I remember being so enamored with the movie, I couldn't remember loving any film as much as I loved Jurassic Park. I also remember jerking my leg up to safety in the theater during the scene where the Raptors jumped up to attack the pregnant protagonist in the ceiling ducks. I also remember trying to explain the significance of the genetic code displayed from the light shining through the vents, but nobody seemed to care about my nerdy bullshit. I care. I care, Nancy. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen this movie or quoted it clever girl or referenced it in real life. We can discuss sexism and survival situations when I get back. I also enjoyed the throwbacks to it in HBO's Westworld. Come on, little one. And also those weird robotic arm things. Uh, uh, Confession, I haven't seen Westworld yet, but I'm going to. I swear. Before season two comes out. Anyway, I'm just glad to find this community of other people who think about JP as often as much as I do. Uh, I think I'm going to have to read your book as well. Oh, thanks, Nancy. Uh, please keep up the good work and I hope you find lots of other satisfying projects to keep you engaged and busy. You seem like a genuinely great dude and I wish you all the success in the world. Stay sexy and don't get eaten by a Raptor Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate that. Um, so in my mind, the book that the book that this person was talking about is Jurassic Park, but it would be funny if it was actually just a completely random other dinosaur book. But, um, yeah, no, thank you, Nancy for your email. Uh, I need to see Westworld, I think is my, one of my main takeaways from that email. And, um, yeah, I'm so glad that I found people who talk, who want to talk about dinosaurs every day because I certainly want to. Um, and so my next email is from Colby, my friend Colby, um, who's written in before. And, uh, it's been a while since I've emailed and this seemed like a great opportunity to reach out again. As you know, I'm a huge nerd. I love me some Star Wars. Fuck yes, Lost Jedi. Praise, I'm uh, into Lost Jedi as well. And Game of Thrones and The Hobbit are some of my favorites. I'm a collector, so my apartment is decorated with posters, art, Funko figures, action figures, and other collectibles. I've been able to get my J.P. toys from my parents' storage, but you can bet your ass they're gonna going up in my apartment the second I can. I haven't been as creative these last few years, but after many years, I think I'll finally have my podcast and hopefully be posting about it soonish. And uh, she wrote this a while ago, and you can actually check out her podcast called My Shitty Writing Podcast. She's, about, she's had about three episodes up so far, so you definitely want to check it out. Um, it's such a great title. Um, yeah, check it out. Uh, um, and then she says, for me, JP does represent family. My brother is currently in prison for a crime we didn't commit, and JP was the one thing we both have always been into. So, JP is really important to me now more than ever. I think it's so great that JP has such a link to our families. It may be scary, but knowing everyone can enjoy JP is beautiful in its special dino way. Thanks for the great podcast, Colby. Thank you for your email, Colby. I really appreciate you sharing um, with me. And yeah, I mean, it's that's the thing I've noticed doing this podcast is that, you know, it, I mean, even in the emails we've been reading today, just, Uh, you know, I I think it was, I think maybe it was the conversation that Brad and I were having from Jurassic Park podcast, but I, it, 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 still kind of hits, hasn't quite hit me that like, yeah, the reason that this, um, the reason that this movie is so important is because it was meant for all ages. And I think that it is kind of, you know, it hasn't transcended generations quite in the way that star Wars has because star Wars has been around for, uh, you know, parents, uh, grandparents, or, you know, parents. Yeah, yeah or grandparents, parents, kids kind of thing. But it's getting there. And um, yeah, I thank you for your, for your email again, Colby. I appreciate it. And yeah, check out our podcast. So the next email I'm going to read is from Bella, my friend Bella. She says, Hey, Stephen, I really love your podcast. And I'm pretty confident saying that it's my favorite. You're doing an awesome job. And it never fails to put a smile on my face when I listen. Thanks for doing what you do. Okay so on to cr- some creative stuff The first thing I drew that was Jurassic Park related Was Ian Malcolm's face with the famous Life uh, finds a way line Appreciate you putting the uh in there uh, Like basically every other person on the planet I find him incredibly attractive So it was totally necessary to draw him And of course add that famous line However lately I've been drawing lots of dinosaurs One was the Dilophosaurus with the pl- with the pun You blinded me with love I honestly just thought that up one day When I was at a drink and draw and the idea of it just hit me Like poison, lol kidding in any case, I couldn't help but do that one, and it was super fun. My next one is my blue drawing, which is her head and neck with the words, You blew me away. I love blue, and she's my absolute favorite, so of course I need to draw her. She's complete with little love hearts and everything because I wanted to go girly with it. I'm throwing around the idea, I'm throwing around the idea of doing some Jurassic Park greeting cards eventually, so I think these two illustrations will definitely make their way onto those when it happens. I kind of think if I got a card about getting poison shot at my face, I'd be like forever in love with that person, right? In any case, that's my creative stuff about Jurassic Park. I have an Instagram that's probably the most up-to-date with my new illustrations. It's Bella Parsons underscore Illustrations, so you can look out for that. So you can look out for new Jurassic Park-related illustrations with terrible puns if it's your jam. I definitely put more stuff about up about cards or prints and stuff like that, too. Confession, I haven't been a fan for long, but I am a huge fan for now, and oh my god, I'm obsessed. I sat down one day last year after years of not watching the original film, and after watching it again, I was like totally mind-blown. And like a whole new world opened up to me. I'm pretty sure I fell in love with it again straight away. An example of how I'm proud to be a Jurassic Park fan, a girl comes up to me at a party and tells me I'm drawing too many dinosaurs and that I should stop watching so much Jurassic Park. I blankly looked at her and responded, there's no such thing as too much Jurassic Park. Since I discovered my love of Jurassic Park, I'm pretty certain my whole life has brightened up. And yeah, I think it's going to be a lifelong love for sure. Thank you again for doing you and for this amazing podcast. Bella. Bella. Thanks, Bella. I really, again, I always love um, hearing from you and and getting and seeing your drawings and stuff like that. So I think everybody should um, check it out, Bella Parsons underscore illustration. So check that out. And yeah, there is no such thing as too much Jurassic Park. So you should have told that girl to fuck off. Um, <laughs> all right. So my next email is from Beepoopop. Jurassic Park fandom art-ish. Hi, Steven. Uh, Two Jurassic Park fandom slash art things to share with you. This patch I've had on my reusable tote for years from Sad House Press on Etsy. Every time the teenage bag boys pick up my groceries and see it, they look at me with complete confusion and probably fear. Honestly, if I knew how to wink, that would be the perfect time to do it, don't you think? And this patch, which I'm clicking open the link, says dinosaurs eat men, woman inherits the earth. And that is brilliant. And everybody needs to go get that patch right now. So and then two, she's saying these memes I made because I make memes now, question mark, I guess. I don't know if memes are technically art, but they're definitely art adjacent. And that's good enough for me. I agree, Kristen. Um, and Kristen has a really awesome Instagram in general. So you should follow her. Uh, but and I'll, I'm going to describe them, but I definitely want to post these on the C Jurassic Right Instagram. So if you're not following the C Jurassic Right Instagram, it's at C Jurassic Right. Obviously, um, one of them is a picture of Malcolm going, the, they're kind of like inspirational posters and stuff like that, the vibe of a, a lot of them, and I think they're really perfect. And so it's uh, Malcolm looking at the uh, big pile of shit, and it just has a quote from John Muir that says, the mountains are calling, and I must go. And then, um... And then there's one of Tim like getting electrocuted and it says if Tim can survive almost being eaten by a T-Rex, almost drowning in the mud, falling off a wall in a Jeep and landing in a tree, getting electrocuted and falling 20 feet from a fence and escape from one of the smartest dinosaurs in, exi- smartest dinosaurs in existence by crawling and using kitchen utensils, you can get through today. <laughs> I really like that one. Oh, my gosh. And then there's one of Tim looking. Uh, it's when he's like hiding in the kitchen and that's when like the ladle's about to drop. And then it shows the raptor's head sticking out, and it's got the little like dot 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 of like when somebody's about to send you a text. And then underneath Tim it says me after sending a text to literally anyone. And then there's a great um triptych of Grant where it's him with the gun when they rescue the kids uh before they go into the control room, and then it's Grant like holding the flare in front of the T-Rex in front of Rexy. And then the uh and then it's Grant holding the Raptor Claw up to um the kid in the the kid at the dig site, and he says he protect, he distract, but he also attack, which <laughs> oh that poor kid. Um and then of course classic, instant classic already. It's uh Malcolm about to drop the water on uh Ellie's hand, but it's like the still that she picked was so perfect, and it just is me trying to flirt. Um, and Kristen says, "Love the podcast and the community you've created for fellow dinosaur slash slash Jurassic Universe nerds like me, Kristen." So um, you definitely need to follow Kristen on Instagram. It's Kristenuous um, Kristen with an E and I'll post a link to her Instagram in the, in the show notes. So you can check it out, which all the links are always in the show notes. So if you, if you're ever like, Hey, where, what's, where can I find that in the show notes? So thank you, Kristen for the memes. Memes are art. I a hundred percent agree. And yeah, I'm going to post, I'll post some of those on the, um, on the C Jurassic, right. Instagram. So you can check them out as well. There. Um, and then let's see. And then the last email is the last emails from Alan. And he says, Dear Stephen, I only know you from MFM, but this Jurassic Park stuff is awesome. I love it so much. I thought I'd share my own little story with the film. Ever since I can remember, my family owned the VHS copy of Jurassic Park. It was the widescreen edition. Whoa. And had the holographic edges and it was perfect for stacking castle sports or making a general mess. Most of the time, all three. On the cover, as I'm sure you, you're aware, the tagline of the film is "a hundred and, an adventure, hundred an adventure, sixty-five million years in the making." I kept staring at this tagline one time during a viewing, only looking up to really see the dinosaurs or the digestive process of eating a human being. I was five, and if I'm correct, and living and living in a ghost uh, dress house, spooky. Um, yeah, I was five. I was five if I'm correct, and living in a ghost dress house, spooky. See, school taught me that human beings really only went back as far as the last ice age, their ancestors being a little different. But this tagline perplexes me. How could a movie be made 65 million years ago? Let alone, how could you make a film over that much time? Did they let the dinosaurs die before CGIing in Dr. Grant? Is Steven Spielberg timeless? I'm sorry to say this, but the reality of it really did not come about until the age of 12. Indeed, I was both sorely disappointed and happy to know my favorite actors were still alive. All in all, the tagline made the stakes so much higher for me. And I don't know why little me couldn't just, just ask an adult about my confusion. Stay sexy, don't get murdered. Sincerely and gratefully, Alan. Well, thank you so much, Alan, for that email. I love that. I love that your mind went there. Uh, The idea that you're like, oh, this movie took 65 million years to make. I really, I mean, again, the mind of a kid is so bananas when it comes to logic and stuff like that. So, um, you know, maybe I'll just start thinking about the movie that way, that this movie literally took 65 million years to make. Um, But, you know, most of it was just like writing and rewriting the script and stuff, you know, so. That was the important part. Um, But yeah, thank you everyone for emails. Uh, I really appreciate everyone writing in uh, and everyone sharing their stories. You guys are all so amazing. Um, And now I wanted to mention briefly that I'm seeing the Jurassic Park Burlesque show on um, Tuesday, uh, the day that this episode actually comes out. I'll be uh, seeing it this evening. So you'll probably hear my thoughts on that um, on social media, but then also maybe I'll go more in depth Uh, for the next minisode, minisode number nine. Uh, But also, um, this past Friday, I saw the unauthorized Jurassic Park musical parody. And so that's also at the Rockwell. So if you're keeping score, every time I've gone to the Rockwell, it's because of Jurassic Park. So it's Jeff Goldblum, uh, then the Jurassic Park musical parody. And then uh, today or tonight, when you're listening to this episode, if you listen on Tuesdays, I will be seeing the Jurassic Park burlesque show um, as you know, I talked to the members of Hollywood Jane who are putting on the show on episode nine. And, uh, so the Jurassic Park musical parody, I did not know anything going in. Uh, my friend Renee Colvert, who does the podcast, can I pet your dog invited me? Um, she had a few friends in the show and yeah, it was my first experience going to one of these unauthorized musical parodies. And it was such a blast. I mean, they had a menu that had Jurassic Park themed drinks and most of them were tequila based. There was the Goldblum and like the Brachiosaurus and the Mosquito, I think, or like Amber. Um, And yeah, it was so much fun. It was a jukebox musical. So they took songs like Walk the Dinosaur and Welcome to the Jungle, but then kind of repurposed them to have lyrics for um, It's Raining Men, which I thought was hilarious Uh, But yeah, I mean, it basically follows the loose plot of Jurassic Park. Um, The show's going until April, by the way. So uh, I'm not I won't like give too many spoilers or too many things, because I think if you live in Los Angeles or you live in Southern California, I definitely think you shouldn't make an effort to go see it because it was super cool. Um, But little touches like there was some parody of a parody of Jeff Goldblum where the Ian Malcolm character was constantly like breaking the fourth wall to be like, and you know, you want to see why I'm here at the Rockwell every Wednesday and like playing into that. And just, just the sort of, I don't know. You can tell it was really made by real Jurassic park fans. Um, there's some meta sort of fourth wall breaking stuff related to how they actually portray the dinosaurs and the characters who played like, especially Tim was so funny. um, And, uh, there's a lot of gags involving short shorts and back rubs and, uh, John Hammond, the person who played John Hammond was hilarious, just very like, Oh, happy man, you know, like totally off like bonkers. Um, and the man playing, uh, Ray Arnold, you know, Sam Jackson's character just was so hilarious. And there's like a fashion show in the middle of it. And, oh my God, it was just the best time. And the woman playing the T-Rex was great. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I've never been to one of these unauthorized musical parodies, but it really makes me want to go check out even non Jurassic Park ones. Um, but everyone there was super talented and just like, because the way that it was done, it wasn't done on us. Like there was a stage, but then a lot of it was just going out into the audience, which I thought was super rad. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely check that out again. It's on the Rockwell. It's going until April. So if you live in Southern California, don't, don't sleep on it. That's what I'm telling you. Um, and yeah, thank you everyone for listening. This has been another mini-sode. I really appreciate again everyone who is sharing the podcast. I appreciate all the patron subscribers, everyone who's in the Facebook group. You know, just see Jurassic Right podcasts on Facebook, see Jurassic Right on Instagram and uh, Twitter. SJR Pod. Uh, let me know what you think of the Fallen Kingdom trailer. Let me know if you're excited, if you've seen other Jurassic Park related sketches or parodies or things like that live, if you have any recommendations. I know there was one in Chicago that I mentioned early on in a minisode, which um, hopefully next time I come back to Chicago, it'll be there. Uh, Let me know how you're liking this formatting for the minisodes, kind of news, then emails, news, then emails, and kind of breaking it up that way um yeah thank you guys all for listening and now i wanted to end the show with a very sweet voicemail from nick uh your boy jurassic i think it's a great little summation of fandom and how it kind of connects to the jurassic park narrative itself and yeah it's uh i think it'll be a nice way to end this episode so thank you nick and until next month uh uh, hold on to your butts that's the way we do
4: hey steven this is nick aka boy jurassic uh Figured I was going to say uh, this time around, so uh, thank goodness. No more uh, disaster or voicemail. Um, my big point, I was just going to follow up to the last episode about creativity. Um, you know, there's that famous line in Jurassic Park, you know, where Hammond says, you know, uh, we've made attractions so astounding capture the imagination of the entire planet. Uh, part of my really bad impression there. But anyway, that line kind of like encapsulates... I feel about Jurassic Park. It it reached out to me at a very young age, and just it grabbed my heart, and it inspired me to try and do the same to create art that reaches out and 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 affects people. And that's why I'm a writer, I'm trying to do art. I, I do all these different artistic endeavors because. Uh, what Steven Spielberg and Michael Crichton did with Jurassic Park and made me something that, you know, reached out and impacted my life so tremendously, I want to do that for other people. Um, as far as, so just as far as creators go, I think that, I, that's really what drives me. I think it drives a lot of other people who create or have been inspired to create uh, by the films. And, uh, I just hope we all keep on creating. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
3: You can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJR Pod on Twitter, Right on Instagram, Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at CJurassicWrite at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McLear, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Ride as an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time.